I like my coffee like I like my men, ground up and in the freezer. Hey, get in here. Dallas is about to start. Welcome to the Ewing Barbecue, where we have received 1,431 letters demanding that Melanie run for public office. My name is Mary. I'm Josh, and I think that if we collaborate, Melanie, you give me all the exclusives, and I'll get ratings. I'm Melanie, and I don't know what the fuck just happened, but I am down for this. Yes. <laughs> sweet. Public sweet. office. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You you come on my <laughs> show. Fuck some shit up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Knock that Culver out of office. Whew. Yeah, yeah. No, we want we want Culver in office. Well, well, mommy. <laughs> I'd like to have a quick shout out to our Patreon members, Brendan Phillick, Captain America, Amy Hara, Marie Johnson, Michael Jung, Jason Carter, Jennifer Indelicato, Laura Bernheim, Brad Mulholland, Anita Wren, and Kristen Carlano. As usual, you guys are the super coolest ever. Are we growing? So it was Massachusetts Amy. It was. Yep. Yes. It seems like we're growing. We are. And just another, just a little message to you guys. If I do not have your address, your snail mail address, please uh, go onto your Patreon account and send me a little message with that so I can send you something super cool. Or if your address has changed since the last time I sent you something. So... We have something super cool coming up already in 2024. Uh, yeah, we do. Uh, the Hollywood show in Burbank, March 1st. They've announced about 53 to 58 guests. 14 of them appeared on Dallas. So, so cool. So far. Charlene Tilton will be there. Christopher Atkins. Jack Scalia, who played Nick Pierce. That's a rare appearance. Linda Gray. Patrick Duffy, Kathy Podwell, Cherie Wilson, Jenna Lee Harrison. First time ever for Omri Katz and Josh Henderson being in the same place at the same time. Wow. Um, Lee Taylor Young, who played Kimberly Crider, is going to be there. Uh, Robert Al- Rosalind Allen, who appeared in Conundrum as Bobby's wife, Anne, which is kind of funny because Brenda Strong played Anne in the new series. She also appeared as Julia Cunningham in... JR Returns is going to be there. Oh, wow. Uh, Kim Johnston Ulrich, who played Bootsy Ewing in the Conundrum episode, is going to be there. I'm, I'm, I'm really digging here and getting into the minor parts. <laughs> and Chris Pine's father, Robert Pine, who was on Chips, played Jenna's psychiatrist in the dream season. And Jenna Lee Harrison will be there, too. Jamie Ewing. Nice. So uh, that is the list so far and i'm sure if patrick duffy's going to be there linda pearl might be coming along that'd be cool and speaking of linda pearl and patrick duffy saturday the 16th at 3 p.m at sparrow hawk cookware in colorado springs duffy's dough duffy's dough patrick and linda will be appearing at 3 p.m and on the 19th at evan guy also in colorado springs you can look that up and Priscilla Presley has a meet and greet on the 16th at Teddy Kossoff Salon and Spa in Northfield, Illinois. She's probably out on the road for her one-woman show. Yeah, she has several t- dates coming up. 
We have all those appearances at our on our website, ewingbbq.com. So you can go check it out. And uh, if any those are near you, go check them. And that Hollywood show, I already know Cattleman's Club is going to be there. If you should we try all- to go. Yeah. We could 14, have a little Dallas party. 14 Dallas cast members that are going to be there. As right. of now, there could be more right. announced. If you're out in the area or if you can get out there, mm-hmm. uh, it'll be at the Marriott uh, in Burbank, which is right next to the airport. So, Yeah, we'll let you know because if I can get out there, we could maybe have a little like podcast get together or something like a meetup with people in the L.A. area. That'd be super fun. And we could try to get, I can, going to work on the cast and try to get some stuff from them. And uh, quick birthdays. John Zaremba, who played Dr. Danvers, died December 15th, 1986. It's also the anniversary of Walt Disney's death, by the way. And uh, we just had um, Sheree Wilson uh, celebrated 65 years old on the 12th. Amy Stock, who played Lisa Alden, 65 on the 13th. Jared Martin would celebrate his 82nd birthday on the 21st, but he has unfortunately passed. And jumping ahead, Barbara Carrera, born 1945, December 31st. Angelica Nero. That's it for now. That's it. That's all awesome. we got. Cool. Well, tonight we are talking about Season 6, Episode 20, Episode 123 of the series, Brothers and Sisters. But if you increase your shipment, his payoff gets increased for the risk he's taking. What risk? I could go to jail for sending oil to Cuba. The last thing I need in my life right now is to be involved with another man. You're already a single lady. You just haven't made it legal yet. That's a lot of money, JR. He's got me over a barrel. I have to make this deal no matter what. JR is pleased about the problems you and Pam are having. If the fight for the company is going to cost me my wife and child, then I don't have anything left but winning you in oil. It was written by Will Lauren, directed by Larry Hagman, and aired February 25th, 1983. Which on that date, the number one song in the U.S. was Baby Come to Me by Patty Austin with James Ingram. Uh, in the UK, it was still Too Shy by Kaja Gugu. Um, <laughs> the number one film in the US was Tootsie. And uh, died today, Tennessee Williams, American poet, writer, and exceptional playwright. And also John Cowell Sr., who was an American publisher, also died at the age of 84. Hmm. And on Dallas. And on Dallas, this episode dropped to number two from number one the week before. Clayton has his last appearance at the Southern Cross until episode 305. John Beck found Victoria Principal fun to work with. She was kind of a joker and a real go-getter. And a casting note, Don Diamond is a TV veteran who played Corporal Reyes on Zorro and Crazy Cat on the sitcom F Troop. He played the maitre d'. He played the maitre d', yes. (laughs) It's interesting how you get these people that appear in other shows and they just do this very tiny role on Dallas, like a maitre d' or something. Yeah, but he's uh, he's a small actor in a lot of – I mean, it looks like he was a bigger actor when he was younger and then kind of maybe semi-retired and just did like bit parts. Bit parts. 
Probably just so for that, some extra cash. That makes sense. So that must that must have been when uh, Bobby went to the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And he was probably the one at the yeah. Yes. With the speaking role. <laughs> right. Okay, so we open on a overhead shot of the Dallas cityscape. Stock footage. Stock footage. And then we cut to a divey bar. JR looks hella uncomfortable as he's walking in. He's like Totally. He's looking at looking. there's like a John Wayne poster on the wall. And then there's like a cowboy playing a video game, like an arcade video game in the background, and then some random dude playing pool at like two in the afternoon. So weird. It, it's 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 where you would find Digger Barnes or Dandy Danderidge uh day right. drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. He's very much thumbing his nose at them like and he yeah, he's looking and- down. Yeah. It's Walt Driscoll sitting at the table, and he's like, what's the matter, JR? I found an out-of-the-way place. Ain't nobody going to find you in here, and JR's like, he's kind of like, uh, (laughs) I deal with some shady people. Yeah, there's a total chance. He's like, yeah, people meet for all sorts of reasons, uh, you know, in these little places. There's always a chance, so. Slim shady. It's very slim shady. Yeah, the way Walt Driscoll was talking to. stand (laughs) up. This was so weird. He was like, well, well, the guy wants more money. Waltz has really gone off the uh, deep end here and become a complete bastard. Uh, shady. He's learning from the master. I feel like he fell and he's kind of like, well, all I have left is to like swim in the sludge. So I'm going to swim. Like I sold my soul. So now I'm going to reap the benefits. Exactly. And he's kind of he's about <laughs> to find out shit's about to yeah and in, in case we didn't mention uh for our listeners uh sarah is actually in puerto rico trying to uh get together a tanker for the oil shipment mm. so she is she's on. she's talking to the quote-unquote contact yes she's trying to she, get him to come down from 100 grand she's <laughs> yeah she's greasing the wheels so to speak or yeah yeah. But Jair doesn't want to dilly dally or get a drink or anything. He just wants to get down to Biznatch and uh, he wants to double his last shipment. Right. 100,000 barrels out the door to, to Cuba. But the cost is going up, obviously. Yeah. He said the, the, the price has gone up because it was 25,000. So now it's 50,000 for. Uh, and well, did he actually say an actual amount? He just said the price went up. And then Jair was just kind of like. Mm. Yeah, it was twenty five thousand, so it would probably be fifty thousand since a fifty. Probably, but they didn't mention to... an actual price. He's just like the the price has gone up, and then Jr. just agrees, kind of. What I thought was weird because they didn't actually talk numbers. Right, he was just I, I like, just sur- whatever, fine. I just surmised that it was fifty thousand because the previous was twenty five thousand. Right. Since they doubled it, the amount of oil, then it's double the, and of course. Walt's going to always want his, his cut right up. Oh, yeah. Up front as well. And Jared's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. I know. And then he just, like, jets out of there as soon as he can. Like, he thinks he's going to catch the Black Plague or something. He needs to go wash. Yeah. He, he'd be, if it was today, he'd be putting, like, the hand sanitizer on as he was walking out. Right. <laughs> putting on these, like, gloves and wearing a mask uh-huh. as he goes in there. And, well, he should have worn a mask, yeah. Dr. Ewan, Dr. Ewan, paging Dr. Ewan. Ellie and Clayton are walking around Southern Cross and they're waiting for the closing because he's selling it, which is happening in two hours. Closing time. But these 
Can we just say these two are so good for each other? My God, I love them. Imagine if they got married. Clayton's just like talking about old memories on the and and she's like, well, are you sure you really want to sell? Like, because you have all these memories. This is so special. And he's like, no, I I do because like I need to put this part of my past in the past and move on because now my people are in Dallas. And who oh, are I go your to people, Dallas. Clayton? Who are your people? Right. He doesn't. He doesn't say names, but you know, people I care about are in Dallas. Right. And I love the um, jacket he's wearing in this scene. It's like uh, a corduroy. It's like brown corduroy, but it's like the fat cords corduroy. It's very like in the nineties. I had a pair of pants like this, but they were really like, wide because it was the nineties. <laughs> and right. I it meant, reminded me of those. I love them. And it's funny, I watched this episode, and then I was in the car, and the song from The Grinch came on, Mr. You know, your mean one, Mr. Grinch. Mm-hmm. Is it Boris Karloff who's singing? Who's, who's singing that song? I believe it's Boris Karloff. I think you're right. Because I close my eyes, and I can almost hear, I could almost hear Howard Keel singing it, because it sounds like, oh. he sounds a lot like Howard Keel. It's yeah, really actually, singing. you're right. Yeah, that just deep, that deep baritone. Yeah. yeah. So it was literally like right after I finished watching the episode and then I came on, I'm going, he sounds like Howard Keel, whoever that is. Too bad it wasn't. That's right. Because we do have Keenan Wynn as the winter warlock. and It is his season. Yeah. So Lucy is drinking tea um, and reading magazines by the pool when Mickey comes up all hung over his fuck. And he he enters through the soundstage in the back behind the plants. Yeah. Enter stage left. <laughs> yeah, he's he's got a shiner. Ooh, huge. Yeah, kind of thanks Lucy for breaking up the fight. She's like, well, you know, I was scared, and he goes, well, me too. And I think that kind of like triggers something from him. He's like, well, speaking of scared, uh, he tries to ask her out, and she's like, I'm not ready. And he's like, you know what? He- I'm gonna wait for you. And I was like, this is like. <gasps> You guys, I love Mickey. Now I do. He's a good guy. He is. That that fist to the eyeball really really knocks some sense into him. Uh. He, well, he's like all of a sudden, like as soon as he met, I feel like he met Lucy, and he saw just how vulnerable she was, mm-hmm. and I think he noticed, like he knows that she needs vulnerability back, and. And he's supposed to be a lot like Ray or whatever, you know, but he's not like Ray because he's not afraid to be vulnerable around her and say, like, you know, I've been scared, too, and blah, blah, blah. And um, she needs that. And he said, I'm going to say something that I've probably never said to anybody, but I'll wait. Yeah, that he was going to wait for her. Maturity and growth. Check mark, Mickey. Totally. Uh, all, all my hearts for eyes for that. And uh, Lucy just gives a little, like, smile is at the very end. See, oh. and that's the thing. A lot of people nowadays, they will not wait for somebody. They're like, nope, you're not you're not there. Like, you know what? You're, you're waiting to keep your options open. That's all it is. I'm going to move on. It's like, you know what? Some people wait because of trauma. Right. 
Men and Excuse women. Me. So Excuse me. We, we've been out three times and we have not done the horizontal mumbo. I'm out of here. I'm going on to the well, next Well, I guess that does show us the kind I of person actually, they are, you know? <laughs> I actually dumped a guy because he brought that up on the third date once. He's like, you know, usually me and the girl are having sex by now and you haven't even kissed me. And I was like, and this is our last date. Right. Yeah. I was like, you're like, I don't need to be compared to some other ladies. No. And it's like, like, I kind of think he's one of those guys that would not let me pay for anything. And that drove me insane. Like he took the bill and then obviously expected something. And I'm like, you know what? There's no Yeah. I'm not attracted to you. I gave you a chance because I thought maybe something would develop over time. It hasn't. Sorry. And then that just like killed it for me. This was a while ago. Yeah. But. I never forgot that. I was like, oh, okay. So this is how dating works nowadays. And it hasn't changed much. I I hope I never have to date. I'll be so bad at it. No, like I, dude, I I got back out there. I tried to get back out there on the dating apps and I like signed back into two of them and changed my pictures, got like 500 likes right away and went, nope. (laughs) <laughs> I'm I'm good. Like this is too much. I have to pay to unlock things and to talk to people and to filter. Th- I'm no. This is more trouble than it's worth. So he pay, he paid for everything, expecting a little horizontal dance. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that that's basically a roundabout way of prostitution. I mean. I, yeah, and I was a, like, I cannot be bought. Yeah. Uh, have a nice day. Bye. Bye. Peace. Let's let's go for a ride on the range with Bobby and Ray while we're Yeah, they're out riding horses. Hashtag brothers. Because yeah. Ray's like, hey man, we need to talk. And Bobby's like, rrr, rrr. and Ray's like, look, man, Donna even sees it. Like, you know, you and Pam really upsetting, blah, 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 blah. He like tries to be the brother, and Bobby's just like, Ugh, fine. Like Bobby, Bobby's in a mood this episode. He is in a mood in this episode. And he's basically <laughs> like, why can't Pam just be by my side? And he's like, because you're acting different. Because you're being an ass right now. There's no new it, Bobby. There's no old Bobby. And it's just Bobby. Right. He's like, I've always been this way. Maybe she just saw me like a different way or whatever. And and he's uh, like, OK, but. It's Bobby. like, okay, maybe, but maybe you haven't shown her the side of you. And I mean, that's fair, yeah. but like you're, you're she, kind of a train wreck right now, dude. She hasn't seen the side of you and she's not liking it very much. So, um, you know, it's like Bobby comes out, you know, like all, oh, I gotta be like Jr. now. And he's just total fucking train wreck. Cause Jr. has mastered the art of being an ass and Bobby right isn't so when he tries to be an ass intentionally he has a a conscience he has a conscience but he also comes he's even he just comes off as more of an ass because jr is just enjoying himself the whole time jr's just like like, i'm gonna fuck people over because it's fun (laughs) and bobby's like you can you can tell like he's carrying around the resentment for even like having to stoop that low yeah because bobby bobby is a whole mood this episode He's not yeah. just in a mood. He is a mood. <laughs> he can, I mean, he literally. He's, he's getting the bell. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. <laughs> but also like, and, and maybe this is, you know, maybe I think like he and Pam, I'll talk about this more later in the episode when we get there. But like he and Pam are just kind of like, as people do, growing in different ways. And he yep. 
doesn't want to be Mr. Goody Two Shoes anymore. He kind of he's finding himself enjoying kind of being a dick, like playing more dirty. He's he's like, oh, I'm actually good at this. I don't mind this. And Pam's like, okay, that's not what I signed up for. I don't want that. So like literally you were the good brother. That's why I right. married you because right. you were kind and had empathy yeah. and like who are just you? growing apart. Yes. And she said that to Bobby, like, you know, what yeah. happened to the man I fell in love with? You know, I, when he comes back, maybe I will. And he doesn't want to hear that. No, no. he's like, oh, you just don't understand, Pamela. You just don't understand. Thing. You just don't understand. I don't understand. No, I don't understand. Well. So then we got to Ewing Oil at night. Uh, JR is in his office doing some fancy computer work. On when his, he's on coding. His, he's writing code. On his uh, 200 megabyte high storage computer. So I think, I could be wrong, but I think he has a Commodore 64. I, I was just going to say that. Because I was looking at, because we had a Commodore 64, so I know it has the big fat keyboard because the hard drive is in the keyboard of a Commodore 64. What? Yeah. And like uh, the gas tank in the trunk. And then you just literally plug the keyboard into a monitor and boom, there you go. And then you'd have like your floppy drive, which took like the big old floppy, the big ones. Um, It's actually kind of a cool idea, though. Yeah. No, Commodore 64 is worth the shit. It was like 1.44 megabytes of space on a floppy disk or something like that. Something, yeah. Uh, But they, they came out in 1983. And my guess is they probably outfitted the offices with the latest technology, right? I had a a compact and then there was a a leading edge was another one side note, but I hacked my Nintendo Wii several years ago with homebrew software. And it was actually tonight. That was what was distracting me. I downloaded decent ROM files and a good emulator for once. And I was able to play something other than super Mario 64. I got golden eye 007. Golden eye is the shit. I love golden eye runner. Oh yeah. The file isn't like a hundred percent quality. I want to say it's like 90 because the sound gets scratchy, but still I'm playing N64 games on my Wii. Awesome. My old Wii. We've been collecting old video games and video game systems since Seth and I were in college. So we, we, I have some old Nintendo ones. You want them? If they work, I, for sure. Yeah. I don't I don't know what their quality is, but I, do you have a system to plug them into? Yeah. Yeah, we do. I love that's, all that shit. I, my kids are obsessed with it. They're they're totally into retro video games and they love old Nintendo Help. shit. And have you got the... Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Super retro. Have you seen... Because I have it here. It's the my Atari original, joystick that has all the games in it and you just plug oh, it yeah, in yeah, TV. Yeah. And the my Intellivision. original N64 still works. My mom found it. We played it. Me and my brother played it last Christmas. Yeah, that's we have one of those at my cabin and we play uh we play Goldeneye a lot cuz that's the one shoot 'em up game I like is Goldeneye. And there was ET e. e. the game or Oh yeah, we don't have that one cuz that one is worth a lot of money. So we don't have that one. I actually downloaded some ROMs of games that I never owned, like Mario Party and Super Smash Brothers. Mario Party is my shit. Like, that's my game. I love Mario Party. Like, we have all of them. That's what my family does is we play Mario Party. No, that's amazing. Lock and Chase. It was like the little, uh, uh, was it Atari or? uh, I don't know that one. It was was like a criminal game. It was was very pixelated. The little Uh, guy running. Yeah, yeah. I was like playing, um, seen, uh, 
Have you guys ever seen the Raspberry Pi? It's like this little itty bitty computer and my, they load. Yeah, yeah they that's load. Ryer, my oldest, is obsessed with oh, Raspberry Pis and like making their own yeah. Raspberry Pi, like in middle school. Oh my God. That's amazing. And yeah. see, I'm like old. So I'm just now discovering this stuff. But I mean, Ryer's a computer major, a computer science major now. So I mean, it makes sense. I, I, I love the. Uh, like on in television, the sports games, when you have like the little football player where he was running down the field and it was just this pixelated block person going boop, 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 boop. <laughs> I like the little um, handheld one that was a football game that was just like the red dots and you'd have to I, run. You know what I'm talking about? It's a little white vi- handheld video game. I have that here and I have pinball and I still have baseball. Oh, I love those games. Okay. So anyway. JR's mm. playing uh, on his Commodore 64, and Holly walks in, <laughs> and he's she's, mad that she interrupted his game. <laughs> she's, but, but uh, the way she looks, I'd let her interrupt me anytime. I mean, she doesn't look pretty fly. She was a Bond. She was a Bond girl, so yeah, yeah. No, Holly's hot. She's yeah. super hot. She's got that Moonraker thing going for her. And you know what? Holly is well within her rights with her demands that she makes. One hundred percent. She Holly is right on all of the things. She's she not, not wrong at all. She's not one hundred percent right. She's she's like I want to read right. everything I sign. Right. You know. Yeah. I want. I want this. I want that. And Jr's like, oh, I don't understand. You don't have to look at everything. And she's like, obviously I do. Right. He wanted her just to be an idiot that he could take advantage of, and she's getting in the way of that by being like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. She's a woman with a brain. And- and uh, he that annoys him. He doesn't want to have to deal with that. So she's like, hey, I'm wondering why they're selling 50,000 barrels for $20 a barrel uh, when oh, it's actually oh, supposed to be 35 a barrel is the going 14, rate right now. 14 below market value. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Uh, and I looked it up. The, the current price of on a barrel of oil is about uh, $70 today 2023 so he's dumped he today he would be dumping it for 50 dollars below market value yeah but it would probably i mean with the inflation yeah, he'd probably just, be just, trying to sell for more just, yeah yeah just and either way she's pissed and she has a right to be because he's basically just like giving away her oil that he stole and then he gives her some cock and bull about uh taxes and this and that and right and she's like uh, she, she's like i'm not none of this sounds right but he doesn't care, and he basically just kind of low-key threatens her. <laughs> well, Jr., you you can get out of this partnership anytime you want. Yeah, yeah, that's not happening. Oh, and he's I'll, like, yeah, when when I'm done, when, Holly, I do, when, I, when, when I when I'm through, when I when I've sucked all the blood out of your company, I, I will throw its shell aside and then move yeah. on. Because I'm an oil company vampire. I just <laughs> succubus. But she storms out. Jr. gets on the phone to Walt. <laughs> Uh, looking for uh, answers from the contact. And uh, then he's just like... You get 24 hours to set up one big drop at uh, $40 a barrel. Yeah. To see how many they will take in one ginormous drop at $40 a barrel. One big killing. Yeah. Wow. Ooh, boy. We'll see. That could make him a pretty penny in this contest if he plays it right. Right, right. But yep. you're selling to Cuba, so good luck with that, pal. And then it's nighttime, South Fork. Ellie and Clayton are having a drink. 
JR and Sue Ellen are obviously just doing some improv banter as they walk in. Like you can just tell it's just some shit they made up. <laughs> kind of like in the original miniseries season when they would sit on the back and sit in the background, they would talk about sewing buttons on a shirt and stuff like this. And right, right. Now we'll, it's yeah. like he's annoyed because she wants him to help her put on her bracelet. And he was like, you should have asked me that upstairs. Like I I'm doing other things now. It just sounds like such a petty thing. A married couple would actually argue about, which makes it so great. And I'm sure it was all made up. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I am positive. I would lay money down that that is just something that they came up with right before filming. But she's dressed to the nine and a half here. Uh, oh shit. We'll, we'll she just... looks great. Even the outfit's a little weird, but yeah, she well, looks good. And he's dressed up too. And they're all both. Mm-hmm. They look like they're going out for a night on the town, but they're really coming down for dinner. Fancy dinner. Um, but Ellie and Clayton are going out. Yeah. And as there's celebrate having a drink to celebrate his moving to Dallas, which kind of takes JR off guard. And Bobby walks in at the same time. And it's like, Whoa, like I wrote down that JR needs to stop being a bitch. He, I he mean, he does like, need to stop being a little bitch about it. He needs to stop being a bitch, period. Because, like, Sue Ellen's like, hey, you know, when they were walking in, he's she's like, yeah. hey, I need help with my bracelet. And he's like, I have to mess with that right now. And she was like, well, don't snap at me. And then they get in there and, you know, it's like, oh, Clayton's moving to Dallas. He's like, oh, are you now? <laughs> okay. Ugh. There goes my appetite. <laughs> Basically. Because he can see, like, he doesn't. He he's not loving seeing his mom getting closer to Clayton because he already doesn't like Clayton. He would hate anybody who was like hitting on his mom, but is, he already didn't like Clayton. So this is the man that gave Sue Ellen a place to stay, and he stood he stood up up he stared down Jr. Right, and also Dusty's dad, you know Dusty, who Sue Ellen was ready to like leave him for, even though like he didn't have a working dick. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was funnier than it should have been. <laughs> there, there was no you, rope. Like, you in made the nope me rope. snort. That's really good. There was no rope in the nope rope, was there? There was. There wasn't. And, and that was, was intimidating no to. That really bothered Jr. Because he's just like, oh shit, like. Oh. There, was no, there was no danger in that noodle. No danger at all. So then JR goes, you know, nobody's here. Mama's out for dinner and and, and Lucy's not here and, and and Pam dumped your ass and uh just... <laughs> uh, but, He's so sensitive. Uh, he just likes to poke, 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 poke. And then, and then Sue Ellen says, uh, Bobby, I've been trying to call Pam and what is she doing with her time? Because I, I can't get a hold of her. And he goes, uh, be- sure beats the hell out of me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's just like, I don't want to talk about any of this. Can we just not talk about Pam? Sue Ellen's kind of like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> poor Sue she's, Ellen. She's, she's just trying to, like, she's trying to be help. normal. She's yeah, trying she's to help. just like, like, yeah. JR's being an ass about the bracelet. Bobby's being a dick. She's just like, I would really not blame her if she was just like, fuck all y'all. I'm going out for a drink. Well, I yeah. mean. Well, Sue Ellen well, doesn't we need to drink. Well, like, she doesn't drink I'm anymore, going out so. for dinner. Like, fuck you she's guys. She's going out for sushi. She's taking her yeah. own ass out for sushi is what she's doing. And she's yes. leaving all these motherfuckers behind. Because Sue, yeah. Sue Ellen they just don't deserve to, be to come like, with. 
fuck you guys. Like, you know, like Cartman used to say, screw you guys. I'm going home. She's like, screw you guys. I'm going for sushi. Goodbye. So Catherine arrives at Pam's. Yes. And says she's moving to Dallas. Yep. Yep. Um, she's having all of her stuff sent from New York. And then she asks about Cliff. Yeah. Uh, by the way, and this color looks amazing on Morgan B. Oh, the like blue? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really like makes her eyes really stand out. They pop. Mm-hmm. pop. Mm-hmm. They pop. Yes. And I mean, I, I can't. T- I think that Catherine, I'm guessing she's just playing a really good game because she really does seem concerned about Cliff. And maybe yeah. in the back of her mind, she's probing for information. because She's questioning whether he's fit to run his mother's companies. Maybe, maybe. That could be in the back of her mind. Maybe, yeah. Honestly, we didn't really start to see the crazy eyes up until after her mother died, really. No. I mean, we did, right. but that's kind of like what shifted her. I think it, I, I think her mother dying broke her brain. Yeah, for sure. Gave yeah, her yeah. Brain, that gave happens her brain, with a lot of people. Boo-boos. Brain poopoos. A lot yeah. of people with a traumatic event like that, yeah, their brain goes bye-bye. And she just, she can't she deal. Won't. So she's just spinning out of control right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you saw how she snapped at Cliff after Pam left the uh, condo. Right. And she did say she would destroy him. At oh, that yeah. Point. She did. So she yeah. walked it back, though. She did. Which, you know, her mom died. So she does have an excuse to just react crazy about something. Because people react to grief differently. Oh, so, my gosh. Yeah. You know. You never know how even you're going to react. So, I mean, she walked it back. So emotions run high with all that stuff. Death, divorce. Yeah. Grief is a funny thing. And Mm -hmm. she, she could be setting him up for something. She could be playing it, you know, very close to the vest. Like keep your friends close and your enemies closer. So it's easier to stick the knife in their back and twist it. Catherine wonders if Pam helping Cliff will interfere with her relationship with Bobby. It's like, why do you care? And she's like, well, I'm kind of rooting for you guys to reconcile, you know? I really want you guys to get back together. And then on cue, ring, ring, ring. Porn Stash is calling. Porn Stash. And he's like, hey, no strings, Pam. I'd like to, you know, maybe you can buy me lunch. And she's like, okay, I do need some advice. Yeah, she gets all excited. She gets excited when Mark calls. She's like, oh, yeah, let's go to lunch to Summerhill. At yeah, at, at uh, 1 p.m. tomorrow. And who Cut to close up of Catherine just looking. The wheels are turning. Crazy eyes. And then we cut to the Cattlemen's Club um, where Holly is getting advice from this older dude about her company. An advisor or something, yes. Yeah, and about, yeah, and he's basically just telling her to listen to her gut and trust mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and honestly, I think... This is where she should have been seeking legal advice. Like every time JR wanted her to sign a contract, she needed to be like, I need to have my legal counsel look at this. Yeah, first. for sure. Yeah. Oh, that that would have driven him crazy. He would have gotten so pissed. But oh that's what any good business person or does. Right. Like, right. like there's, like okay, there's, there's a rule with my new. company. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's new. She's new. She's naive. She doesn't know this stuff. It's stuff her father didn't teach her. Shame on him. But it's like with my company. My sales reps, like nobody is only certain people are allowed to sign contracts. Like they all have to be forwarded to me 
I have to look at them and be like, okay, yeah. And I don't know much about contracts, but I know certain things that we're not going to agree to. And then it has to go and get reviewed further. I mean, the whole contract process, it can take weeks. So for him to just like pull out this like generic contract and be like, here, Holly, sign this. I mean, he can put whatever the hell he wants in there. It was basically a blank sheet of paper. Yeah. Sign this. Yeah. Like a blank check. Kind of. Yeah. And Holly, sign away your soul. Holly, yeah. you own 75% of your company. Last time I checked, 75% was more than 25%. Tell him to go screw himself. Right. Yeah. Yep. This is the power well, differential, though. JR's like, yeah, by 25%, I can do a hell of a lot of damage. Right. And she's not, tr- she's 25 years old. She And she's brand new. She. I, it seems like she, even though she's doing, I think, pretty good, I don't even think she went to any sort of school for this or anything. I think she's just taking well, over. Learning line. on the job. She's learning on the job. She's trying. She was doing the right thing, actually, mm-hmm. going and trying to get advice from people who had been friends of her father. So you know what's crazy she, is that she, Lois Chili's was in, in right now in 1983 was a year younger than I am right now. She was 36. Oh, she, she doesn't look 25. No, I was, no, I thought, I was gonna say mid 30s. Is it chilly? No, but she's child? I think she's supposed to be. They say child. she's 25 at some point. Right. She's introduced. Have I been calling her wrong all these years? Is it chilies or Childs? I thought it was Childs, but I don't know. I, 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 I pronounce everybody's name wrong. Childs, Chili's, what I've heard both. Tomato, I, tomato. I thought it was Steve <laughs> Canelli for years, and now it's Canelli. I don't Canelli. Yeah, I know. Appalachian. Tomato, tomato, oyster, oh, oyster. Did you know that she was in the first Austin Powers movie, but they cut her scene? No. Oh, man. I would have been so excited because I would have recognized her, even though I didn't even know she was in Austin Powers. She was in James Bond movie. I know. (laughs) I've seen all the Austin Powers, though. That was the first James (laughs) Bond movie I had ever seen was Moonraker. And I'm going. So then I always would say, oh, so James Bond is an outer space thing because it took place in like Moonraker is in space. (laughs) It was around the time of, um, like, 1970, around the time, like, uh, the Holly cat from Goodman. outer space and the black hole came out and all those weird, like, space movies. So, anyway, she sees Bobby walk in and up to the bar. So, she approaches him, but with caution. Because remember the last time that she ran into him, he was a total dick to her. Right. He's He's been uh, drinking dick water lately. and Dick water. <laughs> <laughs> A little salty. Ew. <laughs> 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 Melanie's just oh. ignoring us. I'm well, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Well, uh, I'm just, so anyway. I'm just gonna have some more moonshine here. So <laughs> Okay. Uh so she she's just like, hey, is it co- are we cool? And he's just like, yeah, yeah. He's like, sorry for before. And she's like, that's okay. Like, I heard about you and Pam. I'm re- you know, my condolences. And condolences. Um, it's like somebody died. <laughs> I know. Um, and then, then she's basically she changes the subject. She knows that he doesn't want to talk about Pam, and she tells her that she thinks that Jr. is being conniving. And <laughs> Bobby's like. You think? JR conniving? No way. No. Yeah, not my brother. But he tells uh, her to be careful and um 
Because because right now Jr.'s back is against a wall, and he can't be trusted because he's just going to be like an angry, injured badger if he's backed into a corner. You know. Right, and he does want her to keep him updated. So Ewing Oil the next day, uh, Catherine calls Bobby and asks him out to lunch. And Bobby's like, oh, yeah, okay, I can spare an hour. I can do that. I'll do that for you, Catherine. My new BFF. Weird. And then we cut to South Fork where Ellie, okay, this is, I was literally like, what? Ellie is looking at realtor's books? And I guess this just shows my age because I, I have never even heard of a realtor book. Because I have always looked for houses on the internet. So, oh, yeah. I back, mean, they have them. And back when they had them, Maybe. In these things called newspapers and print, you would go to the real estate section and look up listings in the real in the Yeah, that's newspaper. crazy. Because even when we were looking for our, our first house, which was back in like 2000, 2001, we literally, I was looking on the internet and then just Kiss driving Kiss around the areas. Kiskasi Internet. Uh, but then Donna, so Donna comes in and she's asked what Ellie's doing. So Ellie tells her that, you know, she's trying to make a list of places for uh, Clayton to look at because he's thinking of renting or buying a house. And Donna hasn't heard this news yet. Donna's reactions in, in this whole scene are just quite priceless. <laughs> they are. They're really good. She's like, Sorry, what? What's happening? <laughs> What's happening? Oh, what time is it? Oh, it's nine something. Oh, my God. He's going to be here soon. I got to go get ready. And. Donna's like, is this the same woman that uh, Frank Crutcher? Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> because she's acting like she's in the eighth grade and um, she's going to a dance. Like she's adorable. Oh, are, are they going to go steady? I, I don't Maybe. Okay. Are they going to hold hands? Are they, they going to meet at the punch <laughs> bowl on the gymnasium they, floor? They might slow dance to a Richard Marx song. Who knows? Who knows? Anything could happen. And I say Richard Marks because every time I hear Richard Marks, it reminds me of being in middle school and sitting right here waiting on the for you. Sidelines. Yeah, <laughs> yeah here waiting for you. And then whatever the other one, something about the night. Um, it's like those were slow songs and it would be like the boy I liked would be dancing with somebody else. And it just like me watching from the sidelines and like that's every single time. I hear goddamn Richard Marks. Oh, I like the song. Uh, it, it don't mean nothing. It was about yeah. Yeah. So it, it was like it was like, like about Hollywood and you. Doesn't Hold mean on to anything. the night. Hold, Hold on, on to, to the, the night. night. Yes. That's it. And scene. No. And scene. <laughs> anyway. And Ray Ralston shows up here at Jr.'s office with um, Roy Ralston. Roy Ralston. Yeah, he shows up with a thing of, full of mail. Like so much mail. Fourteen hundred and. What? 31, 31 letters. letters. He, he needs like a little <laughs> hand cart to bring it in. He dumps on. Doesn't the guy, hasn't the guy ever been to a gym? Can he, can he lift a sack? Like it's probably pretty heavy though. I don't know. He'd be like Santa I over mean, his shoulder. Is the sack itself pretty heavy? Like a burlap one? It was a, it was a burlap one. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, and, he make sure, like he, he's got to be able to lift his own sack. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Where's Sarah when you need her for a laugh? And, but he, So he puts those all over the floor, and I'm just like, who's going to pick those up? Does Sly have to pick all that shit up now? He, JR grabs a handful of them in his hands, but that's all he can handle. Right, yeah. 
And I guess these are all letters from people who want JR to run for political office, and they said that they would vote for him. Uh, wow. But um, Roy Ralston loves this idea, but he could give JR exposure in exchange for ex- exclusivity. Any any big news, any scoops comes comes through him. Not- He's basically like strangers on a train, crisscross, crisscross. Make it jump, know? jump. Mutually beneficial. Right. You scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. Uh, JR has to really think about that, but it's, it, it certainly is flattering. He, he's super flattered by it. He's like, oh, goddamn. Like, that wasn't even, like, on his bingo card. And he's like, oh, well. Because didn't Cliff start this whole thing with his little having the people approach JR to be the candidate? And then they got thrown out there. And it's just then it kind of died off for a little while. We wondered, okay, what was the point behind that? And now it's coming back again. Uh-huh. But Jr. did the same thing to Cliff Barnes with Alan Beam and yanked uh-huh. the rule well, right up front. Right. That's why I I'm surprised Jr. is not more suspicious of this because of what he pulled with Alan Beam. Yes, the Beam skin rug. Yes, we could never forget. Yes. Hashtag never forget the Beam skin rug. <laughs> And speaking of hashtags, I think uh, since it will be our fifth anniversary next year, we should hashtag everything Ewing BBQ5. We should. Yeah. I can't believe it. Five years. That's crazy. Wow. We're we're chugging away. Chugging away. Uh, So Pornstash and Pam are eating a quaint lunch. She tells him about Cliff's business plans, and Mark wants to help by potentially selling him a company that he currently owns. Doesn't it deal in, like, parts? That's very nice. Equipment and stuff like that. It's something. Like, later, I think they even say it's a refinery, but I don't even... Something like that. I don't even know. Something. He he wants Pam to go look at it. Like, she knows anything about it. It wasn't even for sale or he probably wasn't even thinking about selling it before this moment and he's just like well this is an opportunity for me to be alone with Pam for a couple hours so whatever I will just sell this company I don't care right because that's how he operates he's porn stash <laughs> meanwhile Bobby comes in to meet Catherine The maitre d' from F Troop um, mm-hmm. is like, oh, she called to say she's going to be a little late. Sounds like a sounds like a JR setup to me. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. And then as he says that, Bobby looks, I'm like, they're directly behind the maitre d'. <laughs> sees them and is just like, God damn it. Laser beam eyes. It's like, yep. Turns around and leaves so fast there is a Bobby-shaped hole in the door. And there's wind coming in from the. Okay, well. So Dave Culler's freaking out because he's he's come to tell Ray and Donna all the tea he's hearing about Jr. and how oh, like people oh. are like he might run against you. I mean, he's, he he's... has legit concerns, and I heard straight yeah. up compares like creepy comparisons to certain people that came out of nowhere and won the presidency. Not even yes. Jimmy Carter, who they mentioned by the name, the peanut farmer. I'm thinking okay. the uh, current president uh, when that Ronald Reagan. And then the one we had several uh, years later. 
Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm all going the shit there. they were saying about Donna was saying about his power trip. Like he's like, if he uh-huh, loses his uh-huh. father's company, he's got to right. like, he's got to have something to. It's a great way for him to keep power if he loses. Like, because yep. because Ray's like, don't worry about it. Like he's never going to give up Ewing Oil, and it's like, well, but if he loses Ewing Oil, this would yeah. be his backup plan. You may but not now have that, a chance. Now it's almost know? like they have to help Jr. win Ewing Oil to keep him from running for office. <sighs> right. Because uh, Dave just can't even. He's just aghast about the whole thing. And then and then they, they talked this whole thing about Jimmy Carter, about how he came out of nowhere and he was just a peanut farmer. And I was like, that is such an early 80s hot take on Jimmy Carter. I loved the way the scene ended where Ray says, well, all, all he knew about was peanut farming. <laughs> just the way it came out of his mouth. Was I like, know. And that's, that's like Jimmy Carter. Like, I know that he had that reputation in the 70s, but that man is goddamn amazing he was building houses when he was like in his 90s he turned 99 on october 1st and uh condolences to the carter family uh rosalind has passed uh recently yeah after a what 77 year marriage yeah something insane like that like yeah yeah. jimmy carter i i jimmy carter stan for me (laughs) although he was a one-term president. He has done more out of office than he did in office. Yes. And, yeah. yeah. He's just an amazing person, I think. Like, he's one of the only people I can think of that you could probably say was a good person who had has been president. <laughs> and I say that with presidents I actually like. Correct. But I, they're probably not that great of a person in real life. But Jimmy Carter? He got on a there – was, there was video. He got on a plane once and – he walked up and down the aisles and shook hands with every single person on the airplane and introduced himself and before he sat down. Good guy. So let's get into this whole Bobby calls Pam. Setting is Ewing Oil, early evening. Louise answers the phone and tells Bobby that Pam has not come back yet. Uh, and he's just like, he was, she was expecting her home after lunch, but she called and she hasn't even come back yet. Bobby's just like, ah. And then the foreman from Ewing 22 calls, and it's urgent. It's urgent. And then we got to Pam and Pornstash on Pornstash's private plane. Pornstash. Drinking champagne. And the gist of the scene is he basically says, let's cut right to the chase and says that you're basically a single woman who hasn't made it legal yet. He is so manipulative in this scene. Disgusting. Because he starts bringing up, like, hey, you and me. And she's like, remember, we, we weren't going to go there. He's like, if those are your rules, I'll follow him. But, and then she's like, look, the last thing I need is, like, another man to think about. I, I have a lot of shit. I know, because I'm like, Hornstash, slow your roll. Right. Like, she's right. still she's still married. Well, but he says, oh, it sounds to me like you haven't really left Bobby after all. And she's like, well, I haven't. Like, I... I, I needed time, but I, I'm not space. ready to leave my marriage. I'm just thinking well, you, shit over. You can't fix a marriage if you're far apart. Right. He tells her she can't save her marriage, and it's basically already too late. Bobby is on a path. Like, he's always going to be a piece of shit now. Ewing oil person and craving power. And it's too much of you to ask Bobby to not do that. Like, what the fuck, Mark? It's like on the edge of being a little gaslighting, too. It's just, it's it's not good. It's not good. Trash bell for porn stash. 
porn stash. So I just had, I made a note here. I said Larry Hagman as a director, he really likes to focus on the actor, like in the shot. And then actor in the shot. And like, I noticed there was a lot of back and forth. Like, yeah. and you know, the other person will be done talking and you'll hear the other one start to talk, but the camera won't be on them yet. And then it'll switch to them. A lot of, like, you can have a full performance and you, everybody gets their own close up kind of too. It's mm-hmm. actor's dream, I'm sure. Right. And being an actor. Kind of interesting having the actor, actor as the director. Actor yeah. turned director, they bring that sensibility of what they're doing in front of the camera to what's going on behind the camera so that. I mean, I think cross training in any industry is amazing because really, who better than to give points on directing and shots and how they look than the actors themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can have a vision, but these are the people that are creating, making that vision come to life. So they need to have right. input. Uh-huh. And then JR comes in to ask about Pam again. <laughs> JR wants to talk. Bobby does not want to talk. Mm-hmm. And JR's just like, wow, you're getting testy in your old age. <laughs> JR, he's a dick. Malone. La- Larry, Larry's having fun in this episode. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I wrote such an asshole enjoying Bobby's pain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and then he goes into his office and Catherine shows up to apologize for For missing lunch. Missing for missing him at lunch. Which uh, did she just not show at all then? They decide to go That's to the right. club for some drinks. Yeah, he it, he's like yeah, he just he's like, You wanna go out for a drink? And she's like Sure. I, I got my car here. I'll drop my car and meet you there. Yeah. And JR is like lurking. Like, <laughs> I know he's just like Ooh. observing over his bourbon and branch with interest. Like, hmm. Right. Interesting. What's going on over here? Hmm. It's, 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 it's like he's, if this was at South Fork, he would be on the balcony overlooking. Oh, definitely. Yeah. JR is yeah. always lurking. You just always lurking. He's always like lurking. Lucy, There's always a always bug watching. Yeah. Like when Lucy and Mitch had a fight and JR was sitting there like swirling his bourbon and branch. He, he was, he was coming from getting warm milk and he was hiding in the dining room. Warm, warm milk. Yeah. Warm, warm, milk. Toddy, warm milk with a little bourbon in it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was kind of surprised he got his warm milk himself and he didn't ask Teresa to do it. He didn't get hit. I'm shocked. J.R. Ewing got something out of the kitchen by himself. In his house coat. In his, his house coat. In his house coat. And didn't wake up one of the servants in the middle of the night to do it. Shocked. Yeah. So then we cut back, we cut to Pam and Porn Stash. Porn Stash. Arriving back at Pam's hotel room. Ooh. And Louise says, oh, you had two messages from your husband and Sue Ellen Ewing. Uh-huh. Pam's like, and she's oh, just like, thanks. eh. Okay, thanks. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ghost them. Sorry. Yeah. Pam's like, I just want to thank you for such a great day. Yeah. And at this point, honestly, I don't think, I don't think Pam is like, avoiding Sue Ellen because she thinks I don't know why but Sue Ellen isn't calling her to try to get her to come back because of the fight for Ewing Oil she's like hey you're my friend like you are my only friend where did you go what the hell where did you go I'm fighting with my husband over bracelets and your husband is being a dick and uh I think Pam doesn't want to have to answer any questions about Mark true 
is what I think. I think she, she knows Simone's going to ask her. And But and, she's been trying to get a hold of her for days anyway. Right. And she can't. Right. Even before the Mark thing. So, I mean, the Mark thing's kind of been going for a while, but... A little bit. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> honestly, I really felt like that was Sue Ellen just being like, hey, like, hey. you're my yeah. you're my only friend. You're gone. Yeah. Hey. I need I'm, to talk to you. You're my you life raft. Me, I need help. You left me here alone with these you fuckers. Me. Yeah. You abandoned me. <laughs> like, yeah. We need to talk because this shit is crazy. Yeah. Even, even Miss Ellie is running around with with the guy that was in love with yeah. me. Right. I can't trust anybody. Yeah. Uh, basically, and Pam's like, I can't. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I, I, I Mustache is like, if there's anything you need, you know where to reach me. I'll, I'll be, oil, I'll be oiling. And my, they both have I'll, like flirty eyes. They're like, I'll be, I'll be oiling my porn stash so it's nice and shiny. <laughs> oh lord! Who wants her to oil his porn stash? Yeah, with her tongue. Not <laughs> <laughs> <That> too. <laughs> I, I love, I like Jr. and Sue Ellen in this episode with the whole between the bracelet and. Oh, I've been trying to get a hold of Pam. Hey, uh, Bobby, uh, Sue Ellen's been trying to get a hold of Pam. Is everything all right? Uh, <laughs> just their whole... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I feel like Larry is getting into the new little nuances of their characters, and that's what makes it good. Yes. Yeah. But um, so she decides she's going to talk to Cliff herself about the, about the deal. And... <laughs> He goes, and then she calls Ewing Oil and JR answers and says that Bobby has left and uh, no, he didn't go home. I, I know he didn't go home, but uh, I don't know where he is. While you're at it, would you uh, t- give give Christopher a, a hug from his uncle JR? And Ugh. she can't even, she just rolls her eyes at him. She's, She's like, like, whatever. Yeah. Give a hug to the little no. boy that I thought was my, my bastard from Kristen. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I thought it was my kid for like several months, but whatever. Right. Oh, God, I'm still drinking this. Oh, God. Bobby and Catherine drove separately to the Catapons Club, and somehow she's taken like way longer to get there because not only is Bobby there, but he's already had a whole drink, at least one. Well, he might have rushed there because he was did not have he, the any alcohol in the system was wearing off. Maybe. Interesting. So she orders a white wine and Bobby orders another round. He said what he saw at the restaurant to her. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Bobby, I picked the restaurant. This is my fault. It was my fault. Oh, God. Like, uh, And then she, like, makes excuses like, oh, I'm sure it was nothing. I'm sure it was just like. Pam trying to help Cliff get out of his depression and and it's brilliant. She's goddamn brilliant because this is I feel like this is where we actually see like how good she is because she's doing all the things that let's like applaud, let's applaud applaud Catherine's acting. Oh, yeah. She's fucking amazing. She's all the things that Bobby could tell himself to make him not worry about Pam and porn stash is she's saying it out loud, so it's like almost taking that away. So now all he has left is, oh my god, they're sleeping together. They're doing the horizontal mambo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
They're pounding the pastorpedic. Oh my gosh. And this, is, I, this is why I think Catherine is the best villain in the entire show because she's just so good. Mm-hmm. And we had her on our show. And if you missed that episode, folks, oh, yeah. go into our archives because she was yes. brilliant. She is. And if you are a Patreon member, we have the whole video on Patreon. And she looks fucking amazing. She looks exactly the same. She's like a vampire. I don't know. And she, she just turned 72 on the same That's day. That's insane. Of Walt Disney's birthday. She looks good. I hope I look even halfway like that when I'm 72. Holy Mm -hmm. shit. And hopefully she joins us again because she was talking about her book that she's writing. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. I can't wait. Got to try to bring her back on. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, she does do important work with um, Gary Sinise and the War Wounded Veterans Foundation. Yeah, that's right. That's an awesome thing. Actually, his foundation built a, I think I told you guys this during her interview, his, Gary Sinise's foundation built a house for a um, high school classmate of mine who was injured during training at Camp Pendleton, like badly injured. Oh, oh wow. Oh. But he and his <laughs> wife and kids got a new house built for them that and, uh, accommodated his um, like chair and stuff. This whole series of scenes just, just, just cracks me up coming up here. Just this whole. Yes. Because she's like, I should go home. And he's just like, I should too, but I don't want to go home. Bobby, usually when someone says, I don't want to go home, like they it's were, a whole like. They get a hotel room and then they're screwing five minutes yeah, later. It's like Bobby is in the mood to make some really bad choices right now. And um, she's playing the long game because she does not take advantage of it because I guess she knows that if. They get drunk and sleep together, then, like, oh, fuck. Game over. Game over. He'll flip out. Yeah, he will not handle that well. He will sober up. He'll realize what the hell happened. He will realize he'll never get Pam back after that. Yeah, and he would just be like, I can't. We we can't talk anymore. Yep. Right, and that that would send Catherine even further over the edge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and right. So she plays it really smart, and she's just like, no, no, no. I have to go home. And you should go back to Southport. Bobby's right. like, hey, I want another one. Make it a double. Right. So he's just going to get he's fucking about to drunk. Get, he's about to get fucking faced. Hammer time. <laughs> boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. Hammer time. Do, 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 do. Yeah. yeah. But she Bob, says, you know, Bobby's I just want you to wreck. know that I'm here for you. Um, And then he's like, you're such a but, good friend, Catherine. But I'm here for you, but not like that. Not right not, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like that right yeah. now. Yeah. No sexy but, time. Mm-mm. Right. Sex the time in the future when uh, gotcha. <laughs> like right. you need to be like divorced first, and and like you know, and ca- I still can't believe like she's even got it in her mind to go for her brother-in-law. Like I, well, C- Kristen was going after Jr., so that's another brother-in-law, sister-in-law. So. Hey, I gotta say, Kristen wanted Bobby first too. True, she but did. she looked like Colleen Camp at that point, so. Some good friends of mine are talking about separating like they're they're living apart right now, like as of this week. And I don't it's one of those things like I cannot imagine how I would feel if he got drunk and was like coming on to me. It'd be like my bro. It'd be like, you know, a brother brother in law figure hitting on you. It's awkward as fuck. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you this. My parents had some friends and we would go camping with them and their kids kids that I grew up with and the wife had two sisters and sometimes she would bring both sisters like it'd be a big like family camp out for them and then we would be there too and sometimes other people the sisters 
had both been married to the same guy. What? What? He had what? Kids with the one. They got divorced and then had kids with the younger sister. Oh my god! And they still spoke. And they all went camping together. So all those kids were brother, siblings, cousins. Oh my god! Just it was so I, weird. I, and this guy grandpa? was just like this little, like basically. And this guy, he was just like this little, short, kind of troll-looking guy. And oh, <laughs> I was like eleven, and I was like that guy. Okay, I got the All magic right. stick. I know if I can hit once, I can hit twice. Yeah, that's yes. what it is. Magic dick. <laughs> Troll with the magic dick. That's what it was. I guess. I guess. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, isn't I that think, special? I think about that more than I No, that's really weird. Like, that I'm weird? down. I'm down for people who can, like, divorce or separate amicably and co-parent. Yes, and be adults. Because that's, yeah. that's how it should be. I mean, I know yes. so many people who who've done that they've been married or like with other people for years but they do like birthday parties christmas parties get to like social hangouts with all of the kids like Uh that's how it that's amazing as opposed to my in-laws who can't be in the same room together and they've been divorced for 30 plus years after all this time after all this time bruce willis and demi moore had a very good relationship uh yeah no i think that's they still do yeah my friend Dan always goes and like when his ex and her partner are doing like he'll go and like feed her cats and stuff like That's that. That's really cool. Yeah. Sometimes it just doesn't work out, you know. You guys right. aren't compatible. Doesn't mean you have to be enemies, right? Yeah. No, I think it all depends on how you handled yourself in the relationship and also during the breakup. Right. Which I think is what went well, wrong with my in-laws. <laughs> my mother from Florida actually actually kidnapped me when I was little. Okay, now you have to tell this story. I was with my mother in the car, and she decided not. To, I didn't. I didn't know any of this was going on. She had me at a friend's house. So there house. would have been an Amber Alert had there been an Amber Alert system there, back, back in the, Yeah, yeah. Damn. Well, she had, she had called my father up and said she's not giving me back. All I remember is being at her friend's house a few towns away, baking cookies all day. Well, meanwhile, she was at the court trying to get custody, and. Father and stepmother uh, blocked her car in in the uh, in the parking lot so that she couldn't get out and uh, whatever happened happened. But uh, yes, Whoa. I mean that's custodial interference, dude. Yeah, no, that's a big deal. If she hadn't kidnapped you, she may have had a shot. She originally right. she originally had custody, and then she turned us all over to our father. Was she? Pull- uh-huh. It almost sounded like she was pulling some Betty Broderick shit, and that she didn't just didn't get that far. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad right. she didn't. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been terrible. Oh. By the way, what? I've been watching a few old TV movies and documentaries and shit. And, and I watched the second season of Dirty John. The TV show or the documentary Dirty John? Because there's two. The TV show. Yeah, I haven't watched the first season. There's also a podcast. Yeah, I think that's what the that might be what the show was based on. Yeah, I don't remember what the first season was about. because Well, I haven't watched that one. I went right to st- season two because I knew about... The Betty Broderick story and what happened. I haven't watched the first season with Connie Britton in it yet. Yeah, and then I went and watched the old um, TV movies from the early '90s with Meredith Baxter and Stephen Collins in it. Wait, Stephen Collins? You mean the the, the creepy the creepy guy from Seventh Heaven? Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah, he played Dan yeah. Broderick. We're still at the office at night, by the way. Jared's just hanging out in the office. Yeah, he's just hanging out drinking. Yeah, and Walt calls. He's a little late and. 
says that the uh, his contact now wants a hundred thousand dollars. Well, Jr. has to make the deal. Uh, he just has to. And he's he makes it begrudgingly. He's like, yeah. fine. Again, like he in the beginning of the episode, he was like, fine, just Pam. And yeah, yeah, you're gonna take your fee out. Again, Jr. you're breaking the law. Don't be so upset about how it's going down. Let's just cut <laughs> like, the brass taxes. You have no choice right. here. You have to do this like a certain he's way. He's at you the other to- end of the stick that he's usually on, you know? <laughs> yeah. JR, JR, there's a song out there called I Fought the Law and the Law Won. Eventually, the law will win. No, I right. always thought like JR's song would be I Shot the Sheriff. But but he didn't shoot the deputy. Oh, Eric Clapton. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like I yeah I did do that, but I didn't do that. Isn't that Bob Marley? Eric Clapton. I have Eric. I think Clapton. it is Eric Clapton. Or did they both do it? Possibly I mean, I know both. Bob Marley did. I thought Bob Marley wrote it. Bob, it. It was a Bob Marley song, and then Eric Clapton yeah, covered it. Oh, yeah. Bob the first Marley time wrote I ever- it. The yeah, first time I, I ever heard the first time I ever heard it was Eric Clapton. So that oh really? Uh, that's not, I've never heard Eric Clapton's version actually, because oh. that's a reggae song. Well, oh. I think Eric Clapton's version. He only released it like a a year after Bob Marley wrote okay. and recorded it. Oh, and then he yeah weird. Okay, huh. but that was kind of like you know Jr.'s whole thing. It's like yeah yeah you know he, he, you can see him like justifying yeah I committed a crime right. but I I didn't but I, I didn't did do all do, that. It could have been worse. God, it could have been yeah. worse. Yeah, like, oh, geez. I deserve an Oreo now. Give me one, you know. <laughs> Give me Don't a cookie. Mercy is for cookie. No, 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 no. is for cookie. <laughs> I, I, I love these next series of scenes right here with Sly and Phyllis coming into the office. This whole sequence. Mm-hmm. I just, I just, it really, it gave them a chance to shine in this episode. It did, but there's a little bit of continuity, I think. I should admit that I have been watching ahead. I've been trying not to. Then let's let's not throw it in there then at this point yet. I know, but there's just a little continuity thing that something that comes up. Come on. Oh, all right. Well, I'll bring okay. it up then. I'll bring it up then. Okay. okay. So we'll file this series of scenes in our memory banks for when this yes. happens. Yes. Okay. Is it in an episode that's in this season or is it at the beginning of next season? Not sure. Not sure. Not sure. So shall we set Probably, the scene? I think it's next season. I think it's next season. Anyway. Shall we, shall we set the scene here? <laughs> yes. Uh, so <laughs> Ewing Oil, next morning. Yes. Secretaries are walking in and chatting about Phyllis's shitty date. Right. Another another winner. <laughs> another winner. Kendall gives them the mail. Damn. Makes me feel a little better. Even, even 40 years ago, dating sucked. <laughs> I think dating always sucked. Dating blows. All the way back to when man dragged woman by hair back to cave with club. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that needs to be a TikTok clip. Okay. <laughs> dating sucks. Dating's always sucked. Even when man dragged woman with <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> then Phyllis walks into Bobby's office and finds him like fast asleep on the couch and she's like, oh. Whoops. Uh- Okay. He's not going to want me to have seen him like this, so she just sneaks out so again. She pretends that she didn't see him. Right. And so she, she called. <laughs> she she calls him like, several him times. It's like, Bobby, he's like, uh, I well, you, you, don't you, come you, in you, here. <laughs> you, you, you got in early, didn't you? 
How, how did you know? I, I saw your car in the garage. Yeah, uh, she just makes shit up. Oh, she's, she's, like, like, she's like, oh, yeah, I saw I, your car? I, I walked in and smelled you. Yeah. <laughs> you you sm- smelled like a distillery, <laughs> sir. You smelled like where Carla works on Cheers. <laughs> yeah. And sleeping on that couch looks so uncomfortable. That, like, leather. Leather? Ugh. Oh. I mean, awful. come on, guys! You got you're fucking billionaires. Get better office no, furniture. Get a room, or get a get a room for the get night. Like you don't have to sleep no. in your office. Do you know how many people I know that fucking sleep in their office? <laughs> I don't know why. I I, no, I used to what? sleep in my office, but I didn't have the money to now, get a hotel room. Now Greg Sumner on Knots Landing, he had a little back apartment off the back of the office that he could sleep in. So he wasn't sleeping in his office. He could go and sleep if he was there late at night. He would go and sleep in this little apartment off the back of the office. When I was pregnant in the early 2000s, I had to work a lot of late hours and um, like two, three in the morning and then be back at 8 a.m. And I was trying to hide the fact that I was pregnant because it was very early on. Oh, I was man. exhausted. And so I made a bed under my desk. What? 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 With like a pillow and a blanket and everything, and I would literally like close the door to my office, and then take a little nap. And then well, one day, someone, the client walked in, and she saw me asleep under the desk, and she's like, Are "You sleeping? Yeah, <laughs> honey, this is my reality. You're, okay, like it's like client. This is what it takes to do your shit." <laughs> right. So yeah, Bobby, uh, holy hangover, Batman. Yeah, his head is pounding. Yeah. He looks like hell. He's like, he, I can just feel him. He's all like, you know, cotton mouth. He's like, need some water. He's like, ugh. And then oh, he calls yeah. Pam and says they need to talk that night at 9, 9 p.m. Right. That's and she's just like, she does not seem happy. She's like, okay, I guess you can come to my hotel. Bobby, maybe if you grow up porn stash, you might be more attractive to me now. Maybe. Because that's, that's what, what I'm takes. into. Porn stash. I'm into getting tickled by a little bit of porn stash down there. <laughs> and then he walks out uh, and tells Phyllis, like, I'm just going to be gone the rest of the day. Bye. And then Sly gets a call from Walt Driscoll for JR, and Phyllis is oh, eavesdropping. Oh, totally. She's like, oh, Walt Driscoll. Hmm, okay. Like, okay, Bobby, you want to go fuck off for a little while? Go get yourself cleaned up. I'm going to do your dirty work. I would like to applaud the D's, uh, Danon, Deb, Deb, uh, for their uh, wonderful sequence here. Lovely, lovely. Lovely. Yes, yes. Cheers. The Bobby drives home to South Fork, and Sue Ellen is reading on the couch. It looks like she had a freshly trimmed mullet in this scene. (laughs) She's got to keep that mullet mullety. It's very mullety. Melody, melody, not melody, but or melody, but melody, melody, yeah, melody. What? Oh, melody, melody, Mallory, Mallory. Thank you, Alex P. Keaton. (laughs) (laughs) She asks if he's okay and says she's really sorry about Pam, and uh, he's just like, "Yeah, I'm sorry too." Bobby, okay. She says she she does want Jr. to win, but not. What's happening this Not way? This way. Bobby's like, I'm sorry, what do you mean? And she's like, Well, you know, JR's kind of happy this happened with you and Pam because 
it's going to throw you off your game. You're going to be like distracted. So it works for him. Well, guess what? You tell him. It's like. (laughs) If I I am losing my wife and child over this, then all I've got is Ewing oil and I'm going to take it at all costs. Grabs his coat and angrily walks away. Just go sleep it off, Bobby. Jesus Christ. You're a mean one, Mr. Ewing. Frankie, son of a bitch. Then Pam tells Cliff all about Mark's company, and uh, but Cliff is like too depressed to even hear it. Yeah, this is his breaking point. Yeah, this- we we get a full on whole black hole of Cliff despair here, where he's just you see like he's disappointed in himself. He's just and for all the shit that happened with his mama. He has a lot of self-hatred and guilt, and it's just like eating him alive. He doesn't deserve to be alive, he says. Yeah. And Pam finally hears what he's saying. I feel like she's finally able to, like, snap out of her own drama. And she's just like, oh, Cliff, like, oh, you're hurting. What gets is that he said that he was not there when she died, and she's probably disappointed in him. And she's like, "She, she wouldn't blame you. All she did was love you. And and Cliff is just like, and she'd want you to like carry on. And she asked me to help you to care, to carry on. So and take care of you. And that's what I'm trying to do. And he's like, she she loved me. Like, Ooh. yeah, she I did. Know. She loved you. And he starts this- crying. And I'm just like, God, no, men I just- on this show, you need to go to therapy. I just want to give him a big hug. Bring, Bring back Doctor Elby. Bring back Doctor Elby. Just uh. it is kind of a similar pulling him out of the, not as intense as when Bobby threw Jr. in front of the mirror after Jock died and shoved that picture of John Ross in his face and said, "You know, get get off your butt and get back to work." Uh, but it's it's on that level in a way of like, yeah. Yeah. That moment of yeah, let's wake up. Reaching bottom. So then they can start right. going back up. JR is going out for a meeting and Swellen offers to go with, but he is like, nah, but I would like to have drinks with you after. Oh, isn't that yeah, special? he knows what that's gonna do. He's like, I'm gonna come home and I'm gonna get sauced and uh I'm gonna get sauced, sucked, and laid. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, and then she tells him what Bobby said. Earlier. I mean, they're still in the honeymoon phase, so again, yeah. She tells uh, him what Bobby said about yeah about she's like you miscalculated with Bobby because he says that he has nothing left to lose and he is just gonna balls to the wall go off yeah and, and Jared's like yeah that's nothing but the last gasp of a drowning man mm, hey. right, but okay. at the same time I'm like Sue Ellen stop talking right again Sue Ellen, what are you stop doing talking. all the time. Every time, like every time, she does every this. Time. Every she talks too much. Talk, I don't too much talking, talking. Shut I up! <laughs> I don't understand. Now let's talk about Pam's outfit here for a minute. Here, what the? Yeah, it is a weird outfit. So we're at Pam's apartment. It looks like an abstract art painting on a on a skirt wrapped around black clothes. And what the? Freaking yeah, I mean wardrobe. I'm not. I'm not going to lie. It does look a little bit like something I might wear. I'm not saying it's not weird, but it does look like something I might wear. Hey, 
Embrace the weirdness. Twenty percent alcohol by volume, forty proof. I'm pounding this pretty good here. Ooh. Oh, I'd be melted into the chair. Bobby shows up and Pam opens the door and he asks about Christopher and she's like, "Well, he's in bed, but if you want to go, wake him up." Bobby, he's he's a baby and it's nine o'clock at night. Of course he's in right. bed. Of, of course he's in bed. Like what do you? You, you self-absorbed jackass. He's just he's just in a he's still in a bad mood and he's just immediately like I saw you at lunch with Mark porn stash and like oh cool you did she's like How well you know what he kind of reminds me of you a little bit when you weren't such a dick that's right and Bobby's like whatever Pam I'm in the fight for my life right now okay. Like yeah, he's, he's basically like, you should just bed. be blindly on my side. What happened to the to death was part and all those stuff you said in their vows, huh? She's like, I don't have a stomach for any of this. She's like, well, what happened to the man I said those to? Right. And he storms out. And drowning. It makes like a tree and gets out of there. Bum, 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 bum. And here comes the final scene of the episode. Walt shows up. So Ewing Oil, Knight, there is um, on his Commodore 64, and um, Driscoll shows up. Is he playing Pong? Playing Pong. Driscoll shows up. And um, Driscoll's like, good news, they are willing to buy however much you are willing to sell. Well. He's like, so 100,000? And Jared's like, hiya. With two fingers. Yeah. 300,000? Higher. More. And he says, one million barrels. And seen. And seen. And let's drink some and, more of this Eggo waffle. Yes, and we drink once because it's JR, the freeze frame. Okay, so I'm giving this episode four bourbons, um, mostly because I like it. But I feel like it's not the best. It's one of those, like, it's driving the plot forward. It's a lot's a filler. happening, but it's kind of filler. It's just, like, a lot of exposition, basically. Um, mm-hmm. I love the exposure of Catherine's deviousness um, in this one. But there's no big over-the-top moments. Um, so I'm giving this four bourbons and 1,431 letters. Oh. Well, isn't that great? Uh, I'm giving this a 6.5. No, um... I'm giving this. Uh, I'm gonna stick with the four two five from last week. Like, a, just it's mm-hmm. just an episode that moves things along. Mm-hmm. But there was great, the whole Jr. and Sue Ellen banter, and the yeah, and the the way they go after Bobby about their concern for Pam, and just just needling Bob, and that entire series of scenes that took place at night with Catherine coming to the office. Bobby going to drink, ending mm. up on the couch, right right through Sly's and Phyllis coming into the that whole uh, something about that. I just love that whole montage. It did flow. It, it was a it nice had, flow. It had, it had a nice flow. Yeah. Yes, and I am going to give it um, Phyllis's lousy date. I'm gonna no, do. No. I'm gonna repeal that Phyllis's lousy date oh. and go with a. Closing on the South Southern Cross Ranch. That's a big moment. I'm going to give it 4.0, and uh, we're going to get some legal counsel for Harwood Oil. 
Good idea. To be reviewing contracts. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to find her representation. Yeah. Next time, we're going to talk about season six, episode 21, episode 124 of the series, Caribbean Connection. I would love to film this episode. I would love to record our episode in the Caribbean. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Yes. Okay. If one of us comes into money within the next week, let's do it. Yeah. (laughs) But we will all be wearing ugly sweaters or festive Christmas garb next week because it's our. Yeah, I'll I'll totally wear. I think it's our last one of the year. It is. The next week is going to be our last one for the year. We're going to take a little break over the holidays. Cliffhanger. And we'll be back in 2024. Our fifth anniversary season. Our fifth anniversary. And we want everyone to use the hashtag EwingBBQ5. Let's make it a thing. We're totally going to make it a thing. Anyway. Okay. So in the meantime, uh, it's Christmas. If you need any last minute gifts, um, you should check out. And you have a Dallas fan to buy for. We have a lot of cool Dallas merch um, that's available. Just go to our website, Ewing BBQ, and there is a link. It's also a link in your show notes. Um, And we have a lot of things. Thank you to the people who have been buying lately. We made like two dollars this week, you guys. <laughs> and if we get out to LA, LA, we may have some stuff with us. Yeah, if we do, yeah, we will try to have some stuff. So I haven't been to a convention or anything like this in years. So you were at a convention with me. You were in Atlanta. Oh, I, I, Barbara, my Eden. God, I was. I meant like <laughs> not and, a horror con. But like, you know, something like Dallas or like some other like old TV shows. Um, I haven't. Okay, let me put it this way. I haven't been to a convention where I felt like it's my scene for years and years. However, my scene has also changed, I guess, as I've gotten older. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's her face was, I mean. uh, You didn't go. You didn't go in. You didn't go in. Yes. You didn't go in really, but you, we were hanging out at Chiller in April. True. Oh yeah. Like when that, when that guy came up to me in the bar was like, I'm kind of a celebrity. (laughs) Oh, right. I don't even remember who it was. Ah, swim fan. He was from swim fan. I've never seen, but I remember that that's what he was from. And then Scotty Schwartz was hanging out in the uh, same bar, lobby, uh, lobby bar with like, us I'm all sorry. night. Am I, I supposed j- to remember you? Who <laughs> know who you are? Like I, I'm not. A, I. And I just watched uh, him last night in the sequel to a Christmas Story. I'm going. He was pulling a wagon oh, yeah. with pizza around yeah, for everybody yeah. that night. <laughs> ah yes. I no wait. I do remember. Was it Chiller? It was okay. I don't know, man. What was wrong with me? (laughs) That was that was kind of a bad time. But this is definitely a a good opportunity to get a large large group of Dallas people at one time. It is. Thank you to all of our Patreon members, and um, if you are on Patreon, where I'm going to start editing our deleted things into one i'm not going to break them up into little segments anymore because i think it's probably easier to listen to if it's one long thing and last week you got like 40 extra minutes so um and maybe as a 
Christmas bonus, we might throw, I'm still pushing the Audrey Lee reunion, just the audio out to the public for yeah, the yes, New Year's. Yes. Yes. That's what I was planning to do that for like the holidays. Okay, good. Because they had not, uh, in case you missed it, they had not uh, communicated with each other since they went to Israel 40 years ago. So this was a big moment for them to, yeah. uh, and they went to Israel with an interesting combination of Susan Howard and Steve Keneally. Which oh. they never really had much interaction with on the show. Yeah. So. Okay, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Bye! Y'all come back now with those ugly sweaters next week, you hear? Okay, my impression of Sue Ellen in that living room with all those assholes around her. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. Fuck you, I'm out. Going for sushi. Next on Dallas. You are the most despicable human being. This deal could win me Ewing Oil, Holly. If I lose it because you won't sign, I'll make sure you lose far more. Didn't you want me to tell you if JR was shipping any more oil out of the country? Is he? A million barrels worth. If he's doing what we talked about once before, you better hang up fast, Bobby, and stop JR cold. If JR is selling to an embargoed country and our government finds out about it and we don't stop him, that's the end of Ewing Oil.